0: Dylan in the Navy, and probably... I'm so sorry. Welcome back to Articulate with Steve McJones. I'm your host, Steve, and uh, this week we had David from the Navy on, and he probably gets that all the time, uh, but you know, it, it rhymes, it's catchy. He didn't seem to mind when I brought it up, so here we are. Uh, Davey Bowie, uh, one of the guys, another comic, but a very down-to-earth, real individual. Like, this man is not afraid to look you in the eye. Which is a rarity, I think, nowadays. But he he is just a very genuine person. And, I mean, you could, you'll could you obviously be able to tell that uh, after you listen to this episode. But I just am so grateful to have joined a community. Like, obviously, I wanted to do stand-up because I love stand-up and comedy. But I didn't realize the type of people I was going to be running with when I did it and what type of community it actually was. And I am so glad that I stumbled upon this random city of Philadelphia, randomly stumbled into a few different good open mics that I now have come to love and met people like Davey who are so kind and genuine. It's funny because I always thought I was a messed up person, uh, but it's great listening to people like Davey uh, and some other comics and knowing that, oh, I'm not the only one or, you know, that when you talk about yourself to certain individuals, sometimes they don't respond to who you are. They respond to what you're saying, if that makes sense. And Davey's one of those people that, again, he really looks you in the eye and he, and he responds to who you are and uh and it kinda demands you to pay attention to who he is too, which is what I love about this guy. So I hope you get that from this. I'm really excited for y'all to hear this. Very open guy, very cool, and I hope y'all enjoy. So yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, uh Davey Bo. Uh thanks for coming out Davy. Oh, no problem. Uh I know uh you've got a whole life to cover, man. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do wanna start out, uh so we met uh, at Two Street, uh, an open mic. Yeah. But one of the things that stood out to me, obviously, was the jokes that you make about your childhood, <laughs> <laughs> Davey. So uh, I want to ask: Is that first of all, if you would like to cover a little bit about where you grew up, kind of how you grew up, that sort of thing, and then get into you know how that works into your comedy and everything? That can be another part. Of I that. mean, yeah. So. I mean, where I'm,
1: <laughs> the way I grew up and where I'm from, yeah, that's pretty much what sculpted me. I have a traumatic childhood in a way, but it, it made me who I am. Um, the joke in which he's referring to, uh, which I oh, have always found to be fun, um, is about my mom. And and uh, she, when when I was three, my, my mother actually committed suicide. So that's a first memory for me. I have some before that, but that's like the first within the first five real memories I have. Yeah. Um, that
0: might be enough to you know jolt, yeah, you know, yeah. jolt yourself into existence or yeah something.
1: and so um, and the, the flip side of that is I didn't know that she did it for 24 years so I remembered that day but I didn't know why and well I know why and um, I found out 24 years later what actually happened yeah. so me doing that joke is more of like a, a way of taking the power back and just being like hey like That that sucked and uh, wasn't cool either either way. But I understand all sides of it. Uh, My mother suffered from mental illness, and um, when she was when she was little, her mother died. So my mom um, thought that she would have the same outcome.
0: So it's genetic. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck,
1: you went from saying this isn't a comedy podcast to, like, <laughs> dropping that bomb on me. I'm sorry, uh, yeah. No, 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 it's all good, brother. No, it's all, I, I, that's fucking, that's really funny. Um, yeah, it, it, it kind of does, though. I mean, it does. My, my great, my, my grandmother, my real grandmother, um, passed away from cancer, I believe. And so my mom was just convinced she was going to have it. And, uh, yeah, we always say, like, if it was, years later the treatment she would have gotten for her mental would have been way better but they didn't have it in
0: 91. sure so I mean so where where did you grow up?
1: I grew up in Southwest Philly okay. uh, I grew up between 61st and 62nd Street Buist and Elmwood nice. in Southwest that 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 little square I, I had a, a the house that my mom actually did what she did was on 61st Street and then years a few years later we moved to Robinson Street. Uh, which is like two blocks over, and then I lived on Dewey Street, which is in the middle of all of those. So it was like those that 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 formed my whole childhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, like your neighborhood. That's yeah, like that's why. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, I knew everything in that that your, radius. Yeah, you couldn't touch me. Your like, stomping grounds. I knew. Yeah, I knew everybody. Everyone knew me. And the funny thing is, is like when I lived on the twenty five hundred block of Robinson Street and twenty five hundred block of Dewey and sixty first Street, if I went to the twenty six hundred block, I didn't know anything oh, like really? their park was different like we didn't have like a park we had like this little it was a park like a little place where we would play football and baseball um, it was like in an oval you gotta
0: have it you gotta have yeah, yeah, got yeah to it, eat it eat. was
1: our little sand lot right. kind of in a way and um... But if you went down the street, like, it was different, and uh, the kids were different.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, we didn't get along. Um, but yeah, that so, uh, must be, like, interesting growth. Grow- I grew up in a suburban neighborhood. Okay. So it's like our street, our entire street was like, all right, that's where the kids hung out. Yeah. There was an entire different, you know, street in a, in the same neighborhood a little bit farther down the road. But, I mean, there were still, like, suburban white kids, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, no, I there weren't like suburban in, white kids right. where I grew up. If you uh, like in Philadelphia, you go yeah. a couple of blocks, you get a whole different culture. And then, Well,
1: know. Southwest Philly, so Southwest Philly changed um, over time. When, when I was first in Southwest Philly, it was like a white middle-class neighborhood. And then those white people started making money and then they moved to the suburbs. They got bigger houses. And to because their houses weren't selling they sold them to section 8 and that's a subsidized housing program so then minorities moved in people of color moved in and then these same white people who sold those houses now are on like Facebook being like this neighborhood's not the way it used to be and it's like well you fucking left it you idiot like (laughs) what what did you think like you just left the neighborhood you abandoned it and then you complained about the people in which uh, the people that you sold it to and it's just like that, that's a whole, you know, s- social s- conversation that I'm not, yeah, I'm not, um, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, but it's, the thing I, I, I take from growing up in that way in Southwest Philly and seeing the change was it taught me who people really are. Mm-hmm. It taught me that it doesn't matter what color you are, you know, there, there's good and bad people on both sides. There were shitty white people in that neighborhood that were doing dope and, and selling shit to kids and and doing horrible things and there were there were black people and asian people who were doing the same things There were people who were just trying to survive
0: right. and
1: it's just i hate you know how they people glorified the neighborhood for something that it really wasn't it was just another middle class city neighborhood that had the same drugs the same problems that every other neighborhood in the city has true yeah so it's just yeah it's it's a little frustrating when you hear people complain about it it's just like Fuck, man! Now you. <laughs>
0: no, 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 I get it. I get it. And you know, and I'm. You got to see that on like a, 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 scale, a scale. Yeah, I got to the see the real life to you. you I got know? to see
1: the world in a cool way. I mean, I'm, I'm a. We haven't mentioned it. I, I'm a redhead. <laughs> I'm ginger. And back then, I was really thin. I was really frail. Yes, I'm afraid that your son is suffering from ginger vita. And I was a white kid first off in an all black neighborhood and then you throw red hair into the mix. I
0: feel like red hair is almost like a double white. You it's, know what I mean? It's no, just, it's
1: not. <laughs> it's no, no. It depends. Well it depends on the neighborhood. It depends on the neighborhood. Like I feel like that what the red hair did for me was made me a little bit more endearing. I stood out, I didn't fit in with anybody. Oh, okay. You know, and, and and but I learned how to make fun of myself. Okay. Like that was the way I, I dealt with bullies. Was, is that
0: where the comedy kinda came in a little bit? Yeah,
1: yeah. Like that and uh like, watching old, um, like, Looney Tunes. That's probably, like, the two... Yeah, of course. Yeah, back in the day. Classic. The yeah, cartoons, and, yeah. And, like, professional wrestling I was addicted to. So then you get, like, these weird... You know, this weird childhood growing up and throw <laughs> professional wrestling into the mix. But, no, I just... Um, I learned make fun of yourself first, and then it's another. It's like a power thing. Like yeah. the, Once I made fun of myself, and my joke's better. <laughs> not yeah, not yeah. against... Like people today, I mean, and our the people that we talk well, to? Well, like and are in general. In Congress general, yeah. As a kid, yeah. it was like, nah, I'm gonna, oh, and I'm I gonna I, make fun of my. The funniest I, one I, I ever pulled on myself was I said, I have. <laughs> someone made a, a dick joke, and I was like, dude, it's like a scared turtle in an orange forest. Yeah. <laughs> and I, like, the guy popped, and I was like, yeah, like I. I'll make fun of me harder than you can. Yeah. Like it's, it, 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 <laughs> yeah. I would have to kill myself before. Like, right. like, I'll make fun of myself all day.
0: Absolutely, dude. Uh, that's funny. I have a group of friends back home, and they're always like their go-to like saying and phrase that they say in their friend group is like, bro, if you, if you can even see your dick, that's fucking gay, dude. So going from that childhood that you were just talking about, which seems honestly kind of messed up. There's yeah, it's going, traumatic, but there's I mean, a lot going on there at least. Yeah, yeah but it is what it is. It's not traumatic when you're living it, I don't think.
1: No, that's when it is traumatic. Now <laughs> it's not. Now it's, now they say it's post traumatic, but yeah. it's, so, I don't know. Do, so,
0: can you explain the gap from there to you joined the Navy, right?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we moved out of there uh, when I was in eighth grade, and I, I moved to uh, Delaware County okay. uh, Delco, good old Delco. Good old Delco. Um, and that's where I went to high school. I went to an all-boy Catholic high school. Um, I went to public school really? when I lived in Philly. And then until sixth grade. And then I went to Catholic school from sixth grade on.
0: For some reason, that so, is very fitting. That's very... Yeah, uh, yeah, But, yeah. There could but it wasn't like...
1: I don't know, Bonner was cool. My high school was awesome. But then I went to Delaware County Community College for a little bit. And that's when I started to realize I hate school. I don't like, I can't sit still long enough. Mm-hmm. Um, as you can tell, I've probably been moving a million times. You know, I may have noticed. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I can't. I'm so sorry. No, I'm um, sorry, But I I had to do something. I didn't know what to do in life. And I'm the youngest of six. And, and my closest sibling is six years older than me. And she joined the Navy in, what was it? October of the year 2000. So, I had a sibling wow. like served during nine eleven and all that stuff, yeah. as well as my brother was in the world Trade Center the day on on that day, but he got out and he was on his way out oh, to Nice. Yeah, yeah, he made it, and uh yeah, it's my guy I love him um <laughs> he's awesome um yeah, but so, like my family dealt like we had that was real for us, like that was a real thing, I so I had this like weird conservative outlook in life mm-hmm. um. I went to Catholic school, sisters in the Navy, you know, brother was in the World Trade Center. Dad's uber conservative, watches Bill O'Reilly and and Fox News. And then I joined the Navy. And I realized it's all bullshit. So it was like, it was, it was like in the Navy is when everything went, like just went in different directions. Yeah. And uh, you're like, we fucking just cut squares in the ocean for... Six seven months. I mean, we had some Cut shit. You to, so like, you can't uh, just say when, when you're when you're on deployment, uh, cutting squares means you're when you're out in the ocean, you are on patrol. So just think that you're walking a perimeter okay. would be the best way to do it. Okay,
0: I thought yeah. you were literally like cutting squares. No, like, no. like quilts out. We had nothing. Else no, about. I I mean
1: I did dishes for like three months of a deployment. Yeah. Um, that was fun. Mm. You just you, I worked in the kitchen. That's where you meet everybody in, in the navy. Is like when you when you we call it cranking. And, uh, <laughs> but before I even got to my ship, I, I was in, I lived in Korea for a year. True. So like, like, again, you throw the fucking That's redhead right. into another, <laughs> okay. you know, situation where he's one of the only, like the only one. Uh, so that was cool. I remember like kids would get a kick out of it. I <laughs> just <be> like, what <laughs> the fuck? And I didn't have like, I mean, I have a long hair and beard now, but I was clean cut of course back then. Okay. And i was super fat i was so fat i was gonna ask to about
0: pray. that i heard that was a big thing what your body uh i thought i heard uh, that was a big it thing. was a big thing yeah <laughs> yeah it was a really big thing it
1: was so big it was depressing no uh when i was in the navy when i got to korea i just i was under 21 but it, yeah, no one cares True. so i was just partying all the time so okay. i got like i was out of shape in I the military the right which
0: is interesting. You um, feel like the Navy would... would yeah, push. no. They don't care. You they, they <laughs> got a lot of fat
1: fucks in the Navy. <laughs> the Marines really care and the Army care. Not really the Army. The Marines really care about that shit. Mm-hmm. Like, they're diehards about it. And and like anyone in Special Forces is. But you're pretty much like working in an office, that a floating office. Okay. Cutting until Yeah, cut squares. I, like, we learn how to do firefighting and shit like that. Right. Nice. And some people learn more gun handling than others. I did radio and satellite stuff. So like, yeah, like I got to see how communications worked, but what it taught me telecommunications wise was I had a job that had a direct effect on the mission. And that's awesome. Not a lot of jobs have that. You have paper pushers, paper pushers who are fucking putting their lives on the line. Don't take, I'll never take anything away from anyone that I served with. Everyone did an amazing job except for like six people. And they know who they are. And they (laughs) fucking suck. Really fucking suck. You, one person, if you ever hear this, you know specifically what I'm talking about. (laughs) He didn't understand why we trained for firefighting. And it was like, "Uh, fucking no one's coming to save us, guy. Like, we have to do this ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But that was cool. I love firefighting. It was so much fun. (laughs) It was. It was like another thing that you knew what you were doing was a direct way of helping somebody.
0: Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So you were talking about the telecommunications and yeah. how that directly affected... Yeah, you could
1: hear, like, the helicopters landing.
0: Because everybody... You, you're saying not... Like, even paper pushers ha- obviously had... Were risking yeah. their life and pushing putting yeah. certain things. But in general, for the most part, your direct job affected all those people. That's crazy, man. Like, that's that's really cool. All
1: yeah, right. it was awesome. It, it Yeah, it taught me... Um, I wasn't good at it. Like, I was awful at it. Because I didn't care. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not... I, think, I cared... I never want anyone to get hurt if I miss something, you know, like that's a big fear of mine in general. I never want to be the cog, like the, the thing that blocks the machine from moving and anything. Mm. But I like, I didn't like the job cause it wasn't what I wanted to do in life. It just was something I thought I had to do to make people to
0: be impressed by me. Okay. Yeah. And, and two questions. One Do you see that reflected because of your past? And then two, what was the turning point uh, moving forward from that? So first of all, I guess, starting with why you thought you had to impress these people. Yeah, because
1: I lived a life that I thought you had to do things to impress people. And really, it's like you just have to do your own thing to impress yourself. Sure. So I like, there was like a specific girl that I was like in love with. Okay. And I, I was, uh, yeah. the idea of me being in that uniform was what sparked it. Then, of course, like that never worked out. I ended. up I was like dating someone right before I joined the Navy. But yeah, like it was just one of those things where you go. I, I look back at it and I'm happy I did it. I'm very happy I did it. But my dad said it best when you're in the. My dad was in Vietnam, and it's like the military is a million dollar experience. You wouldn't pay a million dollars to do again. <laughs> and uh, the turning point. Uh, As far as like, what like the turning point in me? Well, and
0: I mean, you had just mentioned that it wasn't the what you wanted to do. It wasn't the job you wanted to do. Okay, okay. Basically, so the turning point where I don't know if there was like a period where you knew you were wrapping up your active duty. Uh, Oh, I knew deployment. I wanted the fuck out of there. I knew the year before. Yeah,
1: I I fucking hated it. Okay, I hated it because it's it was bullshit. It was all bullshit. Like a bunch of fucking bullshit. What the fuck? Why? Like what? It's just the the chiefs' mess on that ship were awful. They were looking at kicking people out of the military left and right. Like they just they didn't want to help young sailors at all. And uh, I need guidance in life. Like I don't want to be around people who are just trying to hurt you. Like that's absolutely yeah. Um, It was a very toxic atmosphere.
0: They, yeah, no, that sucked. Yeah. Any crazy stories? One major crazy story. Is there a go-to crazy story from the Navy? You don't have to if there's not one, but go-to. I
1: mean, there's a ton of stories. Right. I mean, there's right. a ton. Um, the Navy-wise, uh, yeah, Navy-wise, I do. Um, <laughs> this would be the nice one. Um, <laughs> when I was deployed, um, we had a phone. We had a uh, not a, We had a phone in my radio shack. And you would call, when you would call the states, there was a delay. So uh, I would say hello, and then one, two, three, the response. you always, it's like a three-second delay on each each time. So you had to speak very slowly and very clearly. And uh, I called my sister's house, and my, my nephew had picked up, and he hadn't spoken. I, I, I have not heard him up until this point.
0: Right.
1: And he answers the phone, and he was like, David? And I was like, "Whoa, whoa! This is this is awesome." But there's the, now there's a delay with a kid who is learning how to talk. <laughs> so I I'm like, "Owen, oh, this is this is David. Um, is your mom there? David, where are you?" Okay, I'm Owen. I'm on a large. I'm in the middle of an o- in the ocean yeah. on a large boat. How big's the boat? Very big, Owen. <laughs> Okay, don't fall off. Boom, hangs up the phone. Fast forward two weeks later, it's my birthday, and uh, we're doing this thing called stores onload. Uh, That's where we get where there's two ships connected next to each other, but with a bunch of wires, and we're going. You go about 15 knots, I think. Don't quote me on that. I have no idea, to be honest with you. But you're going pretty quick. And they're sending mail, and like we're getting refueled, and we're just moving in the ocean. My job was a, um, I was in control of one of the phone lines, so we shoot like a line over and we're connected with a wire on the on the phone. Well, it's held together with a rope, like you're holding literally a rope. It's very fucking piss poor the way we do this <laughs> manually. And um, when we're sending everything back, the rope that we're holding gets caught in what's called a span wire, um, which is a metal motorized rope that's moving the probe that refuels the ship. So it's pretty big. Well, this manual rope gets stuck in this automatic thing. I shoot forward, see nothing but blue, somehow spin around and like catch my balance and just come to. Like my hands are sore, like I'm freaked oh, yeah. out everyone else is freaked out and the moment just it hit me right away I was like he told me not to fall off this fucking shit yeah I almost fell like right off the side and um yeah man I think he saved my life that day like it was just one of those things where it was like don't fall don't fall you, you gotta get home yeah and uh best part of that story was it was my birthday. Like I said, my birthday packages from my family came in that day. Oh, So yeah, it was like, a, a cute yeah, bar. it was really, it was really cool. I got like a, like a bunch of shit, like a, a ton of stuff. And, oh. uh, my aunt sent me a carton of cigarettes <laughs> <laughs> with uh, with uh, a giant box of peanut chews, which were made in, in Philly. That's my favorite chocolate of all time. Peanut chews? Peanut chews. Yeah. Okay. Oh, dark chocolate peanut chews. I've
0: never had that, but I definitely need to try it out
1: now. Any store you go to, you'll see them on the counter. All right, we'll say ninety percent of them. Ninety percent. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) But yeah, that was it. Um, I mean, I I, I've done other wild shit. Like on the other side, when I was in Korea, I used to run with a fun gang and ladies, you know, that you'd have to pay for were good persuasion. So, because you would constantly strike out with women, like I wasn't confident. Sure. Even in the military, and then you go overseas, and you're just like you're a cunt of a human because you think you're, you know, you're cool. You're not. You're wearing an affliction T-shirt with Adidas. <laughs> like, shut up. So uh, the the sex worker houses, whore houses. fuck it. If that's what you want to call um, <laughs> the Whore whorehouses in Korea have barber poles to signify what they are. Oh wow. So our code was always let's go get a haircut. That's just what we would do. And since I was the I was very new to the Navy. I wasn't making any money. I was a guy who would negotiate prices with pimps. And Cor- I didn't speak Korean, but you would write numbers down on a piece of paper, and it would be fun. Sure. Yeah, it's it's wild. Wow. You I, slide it slow. Yeah, it constantly. never made sense to me. Like, it, why are we sliding? Like, we can both see it and then look at it. Yeah. That's just tell me the number. The tension—that's what it's
0: all about. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was it. so
1: stupid. But uh, so like. After like six months of this, uh, it's like Christmas and I'm depressed. It's like the first time away from home uh, for the holidays. And I'm so far away. Like, you can't. Like, Skype's not really that good yet. Like, yeah. Shit's just not doing well. So <laughs> I decide there's this one place by base that has like 83 barber poles in front of it. Hyperbole right there, I promise you. There was like seven probably. <laughs> so, yeah, I go into this place and you walk up a bunch of steps. And I opened the door and there's an actual hair barber, like a barber cutting somebody's fucking hair. It was an actual barbershop. Oh, like it, it was, was a real It was a one. real <laughs> barbershop. And I just remember being like, that's it. Like, I'm done. And I gave it up. I never I never went back because I called my buddy um, Gonzo and I was like, this is what happened. It was a real barbershop. And the laugh I heard, it just was like a... <laughs> And he hung up the phone, and that was it. I never went again.
0: Wow. Yeah, gave him up. Gave up the old whorehouses. Yeah, you see one haircut, that's enough to do you over.
1: Yeah, it was like, I'm good, man. I don't want to... <laughs> and those showers after fucking hookers, those were great showers. Those, <laughs> yeah. Well, because you feel clean, like, after that one. You're yeah, like, yeah. ugh, I got to get this stank off me. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I, that's great. That's amazing, Davey <laughs> Just saying.
1: Just being honest. No,
0: no, that's fair. That's your life, man. I'm uh, glad you you shared that with us. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so how do you recover from that? Recover? That was recovered. Yeah, no,
1: no. <laughs> no, you just realize that uh, I'm not proud of the decisions I made by any chance. Don't get me wrong. But it, I had to make light of them to make them, right. to make them um, normal in my head. Um, but I was depressed. Like, I just wasn't happy. So. Is that
0: where we picked up? From, yeah. So, when did you
1: get back? I got out of the Navy in 2011, okay. and uh PTSD hits hard immediately. Like you don't, and I didn't have PTSD from like crazy shit that I've done. I had more from like losing the structure of the Navy, and then you know, yeah, I was childhood say, shit, like, yeah. almost like culture
0: shock. Probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like
1: no one else gets it. Like I've just seen the world, and I moved back to Delco. Like. <laughs> fucking wah-wah and, and like <laughs> but I, I also wanted to come home like I was the asshole who wanted to come home oh, and man. uh yeah just uh get got back in the restaurant started working that life and did, did that that's what I know that's my bread and butter as far as the way I make money mm-hmm. and uh yeah just moved around in Delco and
0: sense. so when did that right. I, you had an initial PTSD uh reconfiguration period
1: yeah, I actually had a, like a, yeah, yeah, I did. I had, uh, it took probably, I mean, I'm still probably not all the way, and which, what are I don't think, yeah. think you want to go back anyway. But no, I, uh, I was depressed up until I started. So what basically happened was a year ago, um, I was supposed to move to Colorado. I had gotten out of a three year relationship, which was not easy. Sure. Um, I can't imagine. Took a lot out of me and I, I just went into this depression and then COVID of course goes on and, um, I end up back with that person then. Oh, wow. Yeah. Then I realized that it needed to end. Um, but I was supposed to move to Colorado, uh, as like a, let's see, let's do something wild. And I was going to go work on a farm, like an organic farm oh, and wow, just man. get off the grid. Yeah. I get back with my ex. This is in August of 2020.
0: Real quick. Last episode, George Miller came out. You know George? Yeah, yeah. And he actually worked on an organic farm. We talked about uh, it. I got to talk to him about Yeah. Word. We, yeah, yeah, really yeah. No, I was going to go to like a legit like pump, like a, like a fucking like
1: farm. Like a, like we're doing blueberries and shit like that. Like, Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I ended up like freaking out around that time. I started talking to my ex again and... Didn't uh, go, yeah.
0: No, no, was the best. I to, yeah. um,
1: and I should have, or I, well, I'm here now, but I, I didn't go. I had a conversation with someone that's really close to me that I, I trust more than anybody. That went very bad, very quick, and she saw right through me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hit like bottom, I just fucking self loathe. And I text my cousin Kyle and uh, I told him. I felt like I let everybody down, and he said, "No, he didn't let me down." And um, from that, he decided I was going to live with him. Actually, he told me I was it was going to happen if I didn't leave, no matter what. Like he knew a week prior because I was two hundred and fifty pounds, two hundred and fifty five ish pounds. Oh wow! And uh, no, I was embellishing on the two fifty five; it was two fifty. Um, but I. He said he came to my dad's house and I was stuffing Chinese food in my face, like cold Chinese food. And he was just like, you, you were dead. Like you, on the inside, you could tell I was just not happy. Mm. And um, so I moved in with him instead of going to Colorado. And that was the first, that was like the spark.
0: Okay. And
1: he's very into fitness. And I, went, I moved in with the caveat of I'm either going to be creative again or I'm going to get in shape. Being creative took very long. Like I couldn't I couldn't write I I, I like to write poetry and songs and uh, and and I hadn't done comedy yet, but I couldn't come up with anything creative. I was just depleted.
0: You got the fitness part started though. The fitness
1: parts was started, yeah. The fitness part I think was that's started.
0: That's a good predisposition to get the creativity at least.
1: Well that's what started happening okay. was the fitness thing started because I started walking walk around the city doing six to ten miles probably five days a week. Wow. And just, you know, walking around. And then you start seeing the city in a cool, different way. I was so scared when I moved back. I was so scared when I moved into the city. And I, I hadn't been in the city since I was 12. Yeah. So I was like, my, my edges weren't sharp. I was scared. Always, always scared. Mm-hmm. And then uh, then you start, you know, you get used to it over time. But um, yeah, after, after my ex and I finally ended, though, that's when it just went everything skyrocketed it was like let's go like let's let's see what we can do yeah and the weight started like melting away because i I was like intermittent fasting and uh working out and then the gyms fucking closed in december so i when you're picking up that right when yeah yeah, yeah. i'm starting to get strong i felt like but um it was what i needed in a way because then i started running and uh that's a whole new part of my life that i never thought would ever be a, a thing but in running my ideas started to flow i never i i remember thinking to myself the first time i ran was i didn't have a runner's high i had a runner's overdose <laughs> and that was just because it was uh i i was dying like my lungs weren't my lungs were just not there but now i'm training for the a half marathon wow. so it's like
0: that's crazy. Man. Yeah. I say well, I'm training for it, but I haven't. I am going to do it at some point, but it's going to be either really bad or... Yeah, it's or happening wow. November 13th.
1: Like, yeah. there's no getting around <laughs> it,
0: so... There is something to be said about, like, how running... I started running in the morning, at least, because mm-hmm. it, it it doesn't allow you to just sit in that pool of thoughts that you, that yeah, you typically, yeah. like, just melt... You end up on melting. your phone. Yeah, or you melt up, end up on your phone, or... Just even if you don't like, even you get up to get some food in, and you just don't have the same. When you go out, especially in the city in the morning, go for a run. You're gonna see maybe a few people walking around. Like you have to imagine what their life is gonna be at right now, or the the sun is coming up. You're like, oh wow, it's a nice day. It's gonna be a nice day out there. And start thinking about like, all right, well then what's funny about this? You know what's funny about something I'm running by.
1: I don't know if you do this or not, but like I'll get in these bouts of like if I'm listening to music and I'm running, I'll turn the music off, and then I start, like, saying what I'm thankful for. Oh, nice. And that's, like, a cool... Gratitude. Yeah, like, I... I, Because I realized where I was in the runs. Like, I was... When I first started, you're frustrated, because I'm like, man, I was making all this headway. Then, yeah, you just, like... I would have these moments where I'm just, like, I'm thankful that I can breathe in this third mile. Or then, then it's, like, well, I'm thankful... I joined the navy. I'm thankful mm. for my brother, my sister, and then I would go. If, and then I, if I did, anytime I do a long run, mm-hmm. if I can't, once I do that, that'll happen like mile three. Then I can kind of coast for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Like, yeah. no, it's, that's it's fun.
0: really Cool. If that's yeah, enough to get you going. I think that's something important to practice. I actually came out with an episode a couple months ago, just just called gratitude, and it's just it really made me uh, challenge myself to. Get past the sur- be grateful for the surface level stuff like waking up, uh, you know, having clean water. It's not even surface level, but you know, it's like
1: that's surface level,
0: man. Right? Like, exactly. just being alive is number one. Like, exactly. Uh, if you're not thankful for being
1: here, <laughs> get there, like but, figure it out.
0: But then getting into the whys or some some more deeper type of things that you're grateful for, like being grateful to be in a position in the past that put you where you are now. You oh yeah, yeah. Grateful for things in your past. Grateful for. Uh, Having mentors in this world that affect your idea of good and bad, you know your values. Being grateful just for the values that you have, things like that. And I I bet while you know hitting that third mile, you start really like you know. Yeah, when I know I'm
1: going over a five k, I'm like, all right, let's go, let's fucking do it. And then, uh, then I get competitive for no reason. (laughs) And my last (laughs) mile, I always make my fastest mile. It, it's just because it, I, I have to do I can't leave anything in the tank once I'm done there, I mean there are, don't get me wrong not every run is that way but that, that that's the way it, it works sometimes for me is it's like I'll, I'll convince myself that someone's fucking someone's at the end of that at the end of my run is gonna fuck me up
0: no really uh, what do I have in you yeah survival Help, instinct yeah, oh yeah
1: and I can feel it like I can feel it in my chest like there's times I go to the gym and there's once. Specific person who I want to smash. I just want to smash them. They're a piece of shit. They're 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 a piece of shit.
0: Sure.
1: And uh, I
0: trust you. (laughs) And
1: I think about that. Like I get in my head, they hurt somebody that I love. So it's one of those things, right? Right. And I I know where they're at, but I'll never do like you can't ever do anything because of the implication. But it's uh, that that idea of avenging somebody,
0: channeling that in a way, and
1: I use that at the gym. Like if yeah. I could, just, I could kind of feel right now. It's like fuck. The gym's <laughs> open after this. I would go, but I need. There's always. I always need an enemy.
0: Interesting. Yeah,
1: I always need something to to in my brain that's like, you got to be better better than that, or how would you defend yourself, or you know, we we do open mics. Like if someone's like, everyone is so kind in comedy. So when you come across the the. the assholes or you know just the people who aren't uh, they're insecure mm-hmm. I and mean, we all are but some show it a little bit m- more when they're when they're mean of course like when they when some people are just mean to you you're like what the f- what well, yeah. fuck man like i'm yeah. i'm not i'm not feeling confident in myself like why? like and don't try to put, i'm i'm already down bro. Yeah, you don't need to put yeah. me down anymore like just I because don't, you're yeah. yeah like and it's just i i i think of those people and i'm like would be better than that person yeah. like, just be nicer <laughs> than that like Sure. Don't necessarily like I might not be able to touch them and on how to write a joke. I, you know what I mean but if I'm nicer to them than somebody, when it comes up to people for a show, they'll be like, well, he's easier. He's more fun to, to deal with, to work you know? with
0: yeah. work your, you're, you're just mentally happier with yourself because you know that you've been nicer to those. those yeah people yeah right? like, like if you
1: you're just kind to people, you don't have to worry about anything.
0: I think uh, I think good and bad are two sides of the same coin, so it's hard to, to judge. People a lot of the time uh, especially m- most of the time I'm turning that thought introspectively uh, so it's like when I have bad thoughts though this is what I was coming to when I have bad thoughts to compare with other people that I know are shitty it's like alright well I've had a bad thought but at least I'm not like a shitty
1: person yeah yeah, it, yeah. like probably just doesn't like me because I used to be a piece of shit like this past week when you came up to me at 2street and I was writing there was a joke I was like writing on the bar for three days that ate me alive not you me because I was like, I was a, I was kind of a dick. And it's because you were very kind and I don't like being mean to anybody. But if I'm in that writing mode and I knew I was 1st to
0: see. Yeah. yeah, yeah, It's like, like I totally... But
1: that. it's that like, I'm like, oh, fuck. I haven't felt... And you saw... I was shaking that night. Like, I hadn't done... And that's what's great about it. Yeah, right? man. I feel <laughs> it right now. I feel it right now. <laughs> but like, I, I hadn't felt that in a long time. So I didn't... I wasn't handling that night. But... It was the, the love of doing it and I was like, I have these ideas again and I'm writing new stuff and it's, oh man, it's so fun. It's so, it's so much fun. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. So amazing it's it, And that's why like, if you ever see me writing and I'm like closed off, I promise you it's just like, what, what's going on in my head is my hand's not moving fast enough for the thoughts to come out. I don't want to be a dick. I just have to just give me two seconds, and once I have it written, I can. You're all mine. Right. But like in those thought, like in those moments, I don't like. To, I, I'm tunnel vision, and uh, it's it's, and that's the beauty of it.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. Really, the that's, one of the most beautiful parts of life, if you ask me. That, hell yeah! That something internally can grasp your focus and attention and energy. So, and and hone it into what? A joke? Oh, it was a dick joke. It was a fast-coming joke. joke. It was
1: like, it was me saying that my dad comes fast and his daddy before him is a fast-comer because I said I was a fast-comer. And like, I, like, if you, if you ever want to see a madman, watch me before set. Just watch, like, I'm pacing. I can't stand still. In general. I get so tight in the like especially two street gets packed like, oh, yeah. and it's fun it's awesome I have to go outside like i have to I have to stand outside now when the mics are a little, there's like less people I'll sit through the whole thing, I can sit easily, sure. but it's I get claustrophobic real quick, and I don't like the idea of people behind me yeah. like I get very like. Yeah. 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 yeah, Yeah, Very much. And that's like from that comes from head on a swivel. Yeah. I mean, that comes from growing up in Southwest, like in the era I did. Like, I would walk behind cars knowing that the engine block was where you would go if there was a shootout. Oh wow! And I would I would always walk behind like whatever side of the street the cars were on. That's where I would how I would walk home. That's oh, how I nice. navigated home. Yeah,
0: that's it. Yeah. That's definitely I need to learn some street street rules from. Yeah, you. yeah at yeah. some point. Yeah, yeah, but,
1: yeah, well, it's funny that like it's it's a fun fact of life that really? bullets don't go through engine blocks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like uh, but now with comedy, it's just when I have an idea, it's like. That's that's that's, that's the cool. shit. Oh yeah, let's let's go with it. I remember one time I cried over writing a joke. Like I got that excited, and it was because I felt something. Like I felt like a visceral reaction where I was like, "Oh, this might be what love is. Like this is what. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like I love doing this. Like I love this
0: feeling. Um,
1: yeah. Didn't like, that made you no? Know, and I, yeah, yeah,
0: I I I haven't had that quite yet while writing. I've had, like, you know, like, aha moments with writing where I'm like, oh, that's good, you know? Yeah. But that moment for me really comes, wh- like, after I do a good set and I'm walking. It's the walk home that really makes it settle in for me, dude. And it's just, like, I did it. It's, yeah. like, I made it work, you know? It's, like, I against all odds of my overthinking, anxiety, yep. I'm going to be shit all day, every day. I made something work and I get to enjoy that. And most times point.
1: it works is when you cut the fat from it. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Where you're like, ah, fuck. Why did I tell him a story
0: before I told him the pun? You know what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah. That's so <laughs> but yeah. It's a, uh, it's, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad we both uh, share that, that love and uh, appreciation. Yeah. Like I get scared of doing comedy, not because like it, ignorance is bliss, right? Like I wish I
1: had that, like no fear but at the same time, I think that's the, the fear is what makes me do it, like Absolutely. facing it every time. But I'm scared, not because I'm scared of, like, I'm not scared of not getting laughs, right? That, that's going to happen. That's part of it. True. I don't want to do a disservice to comedy. That's how much I love comedy. Wow. And I don't want to, like, let down my peers. I always want, like, anyone that's, that's doing it with me to be like he's good like he's good I just want to be good, by, be good. and be known as like yeah, he's solid like he can do it yeah he can do five like, he can do us good like he's solid. got it and just that's I don't know I just want to be a part of the scene and like find my place and then help people find theirs like it's just I, yeah, I don't know I love it and I and I I love funny like I just if you're not funny <laughs> I hate to steal like that, Norm MacDonald like way of thinking, but like he didn't like being around non funny people. But speaking of the funny, yeah, you got a roast coming up. Yes, I, well, I have a roast. Sh- uh, so we have a roast of Drew Montana coming up. It's called Now Roasting. Uh, the show was the bra- is the brainchild of Brittany Anderson. Um, okay. Shout out Brittany, uh, who definitely should everyone should follow her. Uh, mm-hmm. Brittany's amazing. Brandi she- Graham. Yeah, Brandergram. Yeah, I was like, who the fuck did you just say? <laughs> um, but she uh, she booked the show. She booked the venue. Um, she got the comics involved. And she did an amazing job in a very short time. So I just want to give her as much credit as credit is due. Awesome. And then that will be hosted with uh, as well by me and Kyle Regan. Nice. Uh, it was another up-and-coming comic. Very funny. Uh, oh, I love he, him. Dude, he's crushing. He's, he's been in a, his jam. Yeah, he, but... is na- he is... He is... He makes me belly laugh in a way that not many people do, and like I don't mean that as a slight to anybody. He just has this way that when he's on stage, I'm like, "Fuck yeah, man, get it! Like, Absolutely. go for it!" Like, even his bombs are funnier than his set sometimes, <laughs> and I, I love him. And he's he's awesome. And yeah, we're gonna have a great time. It's gonna be on October 22nd at the Old City Beer Garden uh, between Second and Third and Market. At what time? Uh, that'll be from nine to eleven. We also have a. Special guest appearance by Lisa the Band. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Lisa the Band will be playing Halftime, and that is a band that people should seriously
0: check out because they're fucking awesome. Right. Yeah. All right, man. Um, well, I think that's probably a good place to kind of wrap it up. I think we covered your entire life, so... <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I talk a lot. <laughs> no, no, no. It's amazing. That's what the point is. It's, uh, it's great. So I appreciate you recording with me and opening up and everything. Yeah, I don't know how I just thought of this, but... That man battled the open sea, loves rum and has a big red beard. How are we not calling him a pirate? I have no idea. But Dave is great. I hope you liked the episode. I think we can all take a lesson from him on really being yourself and being genuine. And yeah, thanks again, Davey for coming out. Remember to follow him on Instagram. Go to that battle. If you don't go to the roast battle, you're fired. Um, follow me on Instagram, or or don't. Nobody nobody cares and have a great rest of your week. Thanks for listening. I love you. Amen. Okay. Bye. I hope that it will help you to do a better job.